This is Women in PR, a podcast about inspiring women that have embraced PR and made it shine, changing it for the better every day. It's about mentors, founders, researchers, role models, and leaders. I am Anna Adi. Women in PR is brought to you by Quadriga University of Applied Sciences in Berlin and professionalpodcasts.com. The pandemic has brought communicators a variety of challenges, greater pressure and visibility and a renewed sense of value. It also required reorganization and rethinking of both delivery and process. Just think of all in-person meetings that had to move online from team events to press conferences or auto shows. So for this final episode, we're coming home to Germany to chat with Katja Bott. She's leading the global communications team at Mercedes-Benz Cars and Vans since October 2018, having worked with the company for more than 17 years in Germany and the US. A graduate of English and American literature, Katja is an avid reader and hiker. Well, not surprising when you think that Constance University, where she studies, is literally next to the Swiss Alps. She also told me that she loves spaghetti linzonese, that's spaghetti with lentils for you and I, in case you're looking for lunch ideas. But anyways, today we talk about online car reveals, digital communication and the need to be very focused and organized, as well as the way PR evolves to becoming an integrated and integrative function. Oh, and before we start, just disregard the buzzes, you know, phones vibrating, messages coming in, email bleeping, the sort of home office environment. Katya, thank you so, so very much for making time for me today. Welcome to the show. Welcome, Anna, and thanks for having me. It's it's taken quite a little bit of juggling of calendars, even at these times, to, to get ourselves together. But what a wonderful day this is to sit down and have a chat. Absolutely. And yes, I would say you, you are absolutely right with the calendars. I, I can tell you, people were asking me, are you less busy in Corona times? But I would say definitely not. Um, I think, uh, yeah, for us all, times are as busy as usual. No change, even with Corona. So before we, we tend to speak about the things uh, that I tend to call pet peeves or greatest loves uh, or biggest concerns of communicators, um, I tend to start conversations with asking, how in the world did you end up in PR? <laughs> that That's a good question, actually. So... Um, I would not say that this was my intention uh, from the very early beginnings in my childhood, okay? So um, after I took my A-levels, I started studying at the University of Constance and I did my master's in English and American literature and arts and media study. And uh, to be very honest, my, my grandmother always asked me, Katya, what are you going to do with these, you know, what are you going to do with your master's studies? And I think for quite a while, I couldn't give her a proper answer. And um, so during my studies, I started working freelance for a radio station. So I was more on the on the media and the journalist side of things. 
And when I finally finished my studies, I thought it might be also a good chance to do a work placement on, on, on the business, on the corporate side. And I started with half a year work placement at Smart um, in, in Stuttgart or Böblingen at that time. And I started working with them in their comms office, in their PR office. And I was working in the group that did all the media events. And honestly speaking, I felt totally in love. So uh, after half a year, I was offered a um, contract and um, yeah, I couldn't say no. So from that very, and I think this is now like it's 18 years uh, now that I'm with, with Daimler and yeah, this this was really the start. It was not really a big, huge career plan. Um, it 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 was. I would say, in in a way, in a way, it was by chance. Wait, you're telling me that 18 years later, you're with the same employer. That is very true. I am with the same employer, which is the Diamond Group, but. I don't know, Anna, if, if you also know, because sometimes people think that Daimler is Mercedes-Benz passenger cars, um, but that's not true. I mean, Daimler is, is uh, as of today, is, is a company with a passenger car division, with a vans division, with, with a truck division. And um, so, yes, I am with Daimler since 18 years, but um, I basically worked for more or less all the business units. So if people ask me, I always say, well, it's it, it's one company, but I think it... It is also like I work for four or five different employers. I find it really interesting that you said that you haven't dreamed it up as a child that you'll end up in public relations. <laughs> and <laughs> it sometimes makes me think we we ought to do something about it. The more children start dreaming about working in PR. <laughs> this is yeah. that. Uh, yeah, actually, you know. it's interesting that you that you say this because honestly speaking, if you would ask my son who's 11 years old, what he could think of, you know, being when he's an adult and he would come back to you and saying he could envision himself working in PR. So I think it's also a little bit about, you know, role modeling and the question, does a child really know what PR means? And um, I think when I was a child, I had basically no idea that this is a profession. Well, that's a good point. Um, we were just thinking that, considering that there are more and more women in public relations, mm. he'll make uh, f for quite a, a change. And who knows, in a couple of years' time, if we're too many of us, we'll have to introduce reverse quotas. So he'll be in high demand. Let him know about that. <laughs> we're, I think we're all watching and, and seeing how that's going to go. Um, we briefly, as we were setting up, you were telling me that your last trip was at the Communications Congress, though we haven't quite managed to to meet there, but that's where our connection was uh, was made through uh, through other colleagues and and communicators. So how does that feel to be uh, landlocked and uh, home officed in in a sense after, from what I understand, has been quite a traveling career in, in the sense that your commitments at work required you to be in many places around the world? Yeah, this is a very, very fair question. Um, you're absolutely right. My job over all these years was super travel intense. Um, and um, travel intense also for sure meant um, meeting a lot of people around the world 
media colleagues. Um, uh, I mean, when, when you work for an automotive company, I mean, obviously it's a lot about the products and you bring people together um, experiencing the products, uh, experiencing technology. And uh, yes, you you a big part of, of the work was in, in um, getting people together, for example, on, on, on physical events. And obviously, I mean, and I think it was more or less one year. Um, um, uh, well, I, actually, it's one, one year ago that we were setting up for Geneva Motor Show. And like three, four days be, before Geneva Motor Show, and this is one big motor show where we are, where we present the, the, the products, have, have a press conference, etc. And I think it was like four or five days before we actually wanted to travel to Geneva. We got the the message that it will be cancelled due to corona and it was like five days left where we decided then to change our program into a completely digital um setup and and stream our news and the press conference digitally um to 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 the world and and to the media so this was the beginning and now it's one year after and i would say yes um the world has and and our and my professional world really has completely changed. And um, I would say in the first months, it was so hectic and it was such a lot of things to do in order to to change the way of working and the way of distributing and the way of, you know, um, connecting with people that I had not so much time to think about what really has changed. I think it was more at the end of the year that I... um, Yes, as you put it, I I really felt from time to time locked up in the home office, uh, feeling not so connected to my colleagues, to to journalists, to yeah, to to the world actually. And I think, it, but but the interesting thing was because it was such a change and it was so drastic and it was so unexpected, and it's more that you. In the first instance, you try to solve problems and challenges, and it takes a while until you really think about what is happening there, and and then you make up your mind, and then you get this feeling of of um, yeah of of wow, this is <laughs> this is all new, and um, I think on the one hand you 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 think that you adapt well, yes, and and um, I would also say I'm I'm really proud of what we achieved during the last twelve months because we, we could really change the ways of communicating very, very quickly. But on the other hand, I would say I, I, would, I am desperate um, also to go out at a certain point of time, meet people, see the world again. And yes, this is really missing. So what did you change or what exactly changed? You, you mentioned this uh, motor show and you said that, that you, I'm sorry, I'm giggling because I, I find it difficult to imagine how a motor show would be streamed. Um, my understanding of a motor show was that you would experience the car or the vehicle or whatever else, you know, the engine is, is being presented. So um, I, I can definitely think that there is a challenge there in coming up with a with a digital experience uh, that is not uh, you know claiming to be the same as being in person but does give you enough of a of an exciting insight to to keep you interested so what did you change how how did you change 
Um, yes, this is absolutely true. What what you are saying? I mean, first of all, some people. I mean, sometimes it, it sounds like we started thinking digital just due to Corona. That is not true. So when because you were asking how does that work streaming from an auto show? So this was already I think we started in 2017 or 18 or even a little bit earlier. Um, we, we we live streamed our press conferences from big shows. So we started with that. But of course, this was streaming a live event. But so for those people who couldn't attend, they had the possibility through our media site to watch what we were doing on site. So there was a, I would say a base and a foundation was there. We also, um, in, in 2018, we um, introduced our, our media platform, Mercedes Me Media, and it's a platform that was brought up especially to have the possibility to stream live events and to um, put media requirements in focus so you can capture pictures so you've got you know certain photo functions you can have multi-angle streams and um, like an, an in-depth information that you can get it there so there was the foundation and i have to say i am so so pleased that this was all there because it helped us um to change the way we presented our our topics first thing second thing is we learned a whole lot um during this year and it was really an adaption and and a kind of learning by doing approach so for example yes you are right a a vehicle a, a product a car for example is a haptical product it's 3d you want to feel it to touch it to to yeah to to sit in it and to drive it finally um and what we found out is when we do a physical event you usually um you have a, a big show and then finally the the, the 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 reveal is at the end because you like a show it's it's an it's a it's like a theoretical staging the the huge part the climax is at the end now if you do something in a digital way and you you really have more like a, a film a film setup a filmic setup you definitely have to change also the way you approach this because if you do a 20 minutes show and you show the vehicle at the end you will lose all your visitors and the audience because if they just watch uh, on on the computer on the desktop on the ipad whatever they they will just you know they will click it off so this was something we learned we have to change the whole way we set up such a presentation something we learned during this year and we really tried and and the other thing you were were bringing up emotions yes that's an that's a tricky part how can you entertain um and and um really um bring emotions um if you're if you do not have a, a physical um encounter and we as i said we we invested really some time and and thoughts and creativity in order to make that happen also in a solely digital um um in a in a solely digital way of of communicating but last point here um, if you ask me, it's it's always if you have the chance 
to add physical elements, you definitely should do so. And we still try to bring people to our vehicles or, and for example, we opened up a factory, our, our newest factory here in Sindelfing in Stuttgart in September, and we had the possibility to bring here 30 uh, journalists, um, of course, all under um, hygiene, you know, standards, etc. But it was good to have them there because the get together, the talks, um, also interview situations, it's always better and nicer to have them in, in a direct contact than to do that all digitally. So, but tell me a little bit about this um, setup change. Um, so, what do you do now? 20 minutes of a, of a press conference and of an event uh, when you're immersed in it and there isn't really long. I mean, people still have trouble at these sort of Petia Kucha <laughs> conferences where they have to get their message in 15 minutes. So, but uh, we, you're very right. When we're online and we have uh, a sort of event or we're watching something, uh, we're running out of patience incredibly quick. Mm -hmm. um, so, so how did you go about it? How, how is this setup change look like? Yeah. Um, I, I would say that this is a um, that that for example a launch of a vehicle is a sum of different parts so you might have this piece this this presentation that i was referring to that might be 10 minutes 15 minutes depends for sure on 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 the topic um and this is definitely shaped for um addressing people that solely watch digitally. But as I said, it's a sum of parts. So for sure, what we do, we offer Q&A, we offer interviews on specific topics that we link to such, for example, a car launch. We have expert interviews that dig deeper. We really try, we have, um, if we've got the possibility, we, 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 we do still as I said, not uh, more in a in a single way. Try to bring people and and media um, to the to to the products. Not like we did it before, like a lot of people in one instance. But we really have like single um, single events where we invite people and and bring them together with with experts um, and and the product. So we work around. Um, the, the restrictions and we work in a certain framework, but it's not only the presentation, it's a lot of pieces and all this comes together in a in a bigger picture. So as I said, we are we are concentrating on on trying really to to because what you're saying is, is very, very right. The question is how do I um how do I really make sure that I can inform as much as as is needed, and how can I answer the questions that arise with 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 the communication? And therefore, you have to think much more on also those parts that come with a presentation. And we try really to make this as as I said, as good as possible to 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 be um, approachable, to stay approachable, to organize as I said um, interviews, special talks, etc. And we we really give in a lot of time and invest to make that possible. So, um, but I would imagine in 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 this digital outlook, 
one of the biggest challenges is maintaining exclusivity. Mm-hmm. How how do you do that? I mean, I, again, in, in the settings that we were used to, um, you would have just set up different meetings at different times, uh, hopefully in different locations, ensuring that maybe there's an element of time that is being left uh, in between these said meetings. Um, ensuring therefore that the person who gets these uh, this information first has that um, aura right has that space both time-wise and space of exclusivity but online the moment that's being shared um, it doesn't take that long until it's shared to a much wider audience so then uh, you really have just one chance yes uh, yeah, yes and yes and yes. So you're absolutely right because what happened within the last 12 months, I would say, um, is that exactly this exclusivity you are referring to, especially when, let, let's come back to a, a classical car presentation, a car launch. You would have uh, in, in, in former days, if you would have had a, a physical event, you would have invited a bunch of people, namely cr- creating a certain exclusivity on, on, on an event, etc. Now, with, with, the, with, <laughs> with really communicating digitally, you will not have that the presentation itself is uh, for sure, um, offered and and also uh, re, um, received by a far broader audience, and this brings me back to what what I was saying just to, uh, three four minutes ago. Therefore, it is our um, uh, really our task and our also um, the, 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 a task, and we are absolutely convinced that we have to work hard on. Um, on making it possible that uh, those, for example, media journalists, um, that they get this deep dives, this exclusive, um, also entree to the to the um, to 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 the company because this is what they are interested in. They want to dig deeper. They want to get a, an idea about the people behind a product or a, a technology topic or whatever business topic and we are the ones also in those digital times that make this entree into our company that bring people together that network that um, make these connections and um, i would say that in those days that we're in it's even more important to focus on this and and to to invest time in order to organize this because i think it's far more organization than it was before because if I do an event and I invite, I don't know what, 300 guests, you know, those um, those chats, you know, uh, at a buffet or, you know, they are happening. That So there is a it's, it's far easier to get this um, this connection to a topic, to a person, to to the company. So therefore, I said now it's, it's it has to be organized. It has to be, you know, um, scheduled. Um, so this makes it a little bit more challenging. But I'm 100% convinced that this is exactly important to take the time in order to organize it and support it because this is our role, uh, I think, in communications and PR to, to, um, yeah, to make that connection and to support it. 
Well, and I think you've just told us why you've been so much busier <laughs> in these uh, in these recent months, right? If uh, if everything takes uh, much longer time to to organize, then of course uh, our agendas uh, are are getting filled. Uh, even even if maybe we're not moving as far and we're not having as many individual and personal and in-person kind of contacts, uh, but there, our agendas are definitely being filled by um, all these aspects that we need to carefully consider so that that experience, that meeting, once it happens, is valuable and worthwhile for everybody involved. Um, <clears throat> but you also talk about public relations in a sense and comms as a mediator, as a facilitator, and um, that makes me wonder, how do you see the role of comms now when all these lines of life at home, uh, comms, marketing, you know, media relations, so all aspects in a sense that professionally were quite siloed, uh, start to get blurred, you know? It's just, how, how do you see then the role of public relations evolving in this digital world? Mm. Um, I, yes, I, I don't know with the, with the silos, I mean, I, I can hear you on the one hand, on the other hand, um, so from my experiences in the different jobs I had, it wasn't, I experienced it as not so much of a silo work. So, and I think it, it's interesting, I mean, sometimes it's also what do you get to know first, and when I was starting at SMART, there was a very, very close link between the marketing department and the comms department. And it was a very, um, I would say, joint forces approach. And this is something I also could see. And 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 um, I'm, I'm a big believer, um, by the way, that it's good if you have a close link um, and, and try, as I said, to join forces in order to, to Yes, to use also synergies uh, in a way that that can happen between those disciplines. And I think if I look back the last 12 months, for sure, this this you you were referring to blurring lines. Yes, uh, the lines are blurring. And I told you in, in our um, when I when I look at us and, and what we are doing for sure, if you if you have a car presentation, which is actually not um, distinguished anymore between a, a, a media presentation and, and really uh, reaching the public, you see here how lines blur. So therefore, I think it makes sense to, to have a close connection to really kind of see who can um, bring in what for, for the best, I would say, overall and 360 degrees communication, but still and still though, I have to say, every discipline has their own needs and rights and i was i was telling you our 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 big goal is acting as a a department as i said that that um supports access to topics to persons um to to um yeah to the company um, and this is and and so it's it's a lot about networking, a lot about direct con connections, about knowing people, about working on those relationships. And this is something that is, uh, this is at least how I see it. This is a comms um, speciality and a, and, a, and a comms focus, and um, this is a, a, a differentiator here. So as I said, 
joining forces, yes, where it makes sense. And, and there are a lot of reasons why it's good to join forces. But on the other hand, also know where your specifics are. So then um, in, in big corporations, though, uh, then it's a fight for who speaks first, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's, a, it's kind yeah. of like a playground of who whose idea then um, <laughs> wins and at this competition. And I'm not saying you know. It's, uh, so, in in your experience, then and in the way you're currently organized, considering where PR is, uh, who's winning? Who's who's calling the shots? Again, here. I would not, yeah, I cannot, who is winning? For me, it's it's not the question about, uh, about winning or being faster, really, because, yeah, maybe it's not the way our processes are, are lined out. And again, we, the, the way we are organized right now, if you've got a, Again, let's let's because we are always talking about a, a product presentation. Maybe it's it's good because it's a it's an easy uh, and and an easy to understand um, task. Um, it's it's not at all the question who who is first. So it's 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 I would say it's a joint effort in order to to bring out a, a topic at a certain point of time. And I think all the disciplines are working together in, in order to make that happen, you know, and as I said, all with their special um, uh, with, with, the, with their special tasks and needs and, and also sometimes audiences. So I would not so much. Yeah, I would not so much say that this is the, the question about who is first. Now, my, my question was mostly about power relations at work uh, in a sense of in in the ecosystem of an organization uh, when decision making is being involved, at least research kind of indicates that um, the, in a sense that the bigger the structures are, mm -hmm. the more forgotten comms tends to be. Um, and so, although in the times that we currently live, you know, facing pandemics and lockdown, so facing challenges that some would catalog as super wicked because we do not have any sort of solution to them just now, uh, we fall back into these modernist uh, tradition, uh, which is still fighting um, for the right of comms to sit at the table, you know, when decisions are being taken. Um, so that that was kind of my my ah. thought when when I've asked ah. you. So who's winning? Oh. Ah, is no, it no. Yeah. is it the business case that's winning? Is it the so ah. the you know the social the community case um, in in this? Um, is it maybe the 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 selling case? Uh, and and in that constellation, you know, whose whose argument comes uh, not necessarily first, but rather who whose argument is being seen as I as guiding the decision. Now, now I, yeah, now, now I got it. But, but, but linking it back to to what you said uh, initially, um, I, I mean, if it's a question who sits at the table and who who is heard, um, I would say it's absolutely um, a, a fair and balanced game. So I see us heard um, in the same way that marketing is. So it's as I said, it's it's more about talking with each other and kind of finding out um, how how it where it makes sense really to bring uh, or, or 
as I said before, to join forces and where do we have to stay specifically um, serving the needs of, of, of our own disciplines. And um, so therefore, yes, no, I've, I, and actually I've not the feeling that this has changed during the last months. I, I have the feeling though, or I, I mean, I, this is the way I, I perceive it and I work uh, in this environment, that it's, 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 it's closer together um, than it was before due to the fact that that as you said that, that the lines are blurring yeah and that the audience kind of mixes yeah far more than this it has done before let me let me ask you something else mm -hmm. um, because before you move back to Germany uh, mm -hmm. and have taken on uh, this wonderful and challenging role of a global head of comms uh, for uh, for Daimler, uh, you have worked in the United States. Mm -hmm. um, how was practice, um, or how was PR practiced over there, as if it's a different kind of world? Um, and what are your reflections? What are what are the things, maybe the lessons that that you have uh, taken for for yourself and and your practice now, uh, as a result of your uh, American experience? Yeah, um, this was a, that, first of all, I'm so super happy that I could make that change and, and work for Daimler Trucks North America. Um, so it's it's a truck affiliate in, in North America. Um, first of all, it's, it's a, a, this was a, a huge, huge chance, right? Um, to, and also, especially, as a, as a PR professional, you know it's not that easy to get offered a job that is not in your native language, you know, not where where you are at home. And I think that's a cool thing about Daimler and, and Mercedes that that uh, due to the fact that it is a global corporation and, and a huge corporation, there are also those chances. This is what I'm always telling people when they're asking me about, you know, does it what what are the, the the plus and the pros working for a big corporation this for sure is one that you have those possibilities and yes it, it and i actually i have to tell you i mean i i did not really know what to expect for sure when i was moving there um so i was moving with my family to portland oregon and actually, I can tell you also, if you would ask me where are the best spots to work for Daimler, Portland, Oregon, for sure, is one of them. And um, so I started as uh, the uh, only German, actually, in an all-American team. And this was, yes, this was, I would say, looking back now um, to the last 18 years, one of the greatest experiences that I could could take during my to, during my career so far, and I think at the beginning I would have expected it um, to be because sometimes I I don't know I mean I guess you are very experienced when it comes to to yes also working culture and business culture, and I think I I would have guessed it's 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 um, maybe more similar in a way also to a German working culture, but I had to experience that it it might look the same but it's it's not and uh, i can tell you my, my very <laughs> first experience and this is a just a tiny example but i think it, it outlines quite well you know those little differences um i don't know anna, anna how how uh, you know experience 
experienced you are when it comes to a German Einstand and Ausstand from your profession. You know, when, you, you get, <laughs> when you go to a new job and you um, introduce yourself. So in Germany, I would say it's quite common that you are the one, you are doing this um, introduction and you bring some pretzels and some, I don't know, um, uh, yeah, you you, in, you invite um, your your peers and colleagues and, and you celebrate that. And so I was thinking, okay, I have to do something really nice nicely when, when I'm coming to the US and I phoned up one of my colleagues and I said, hey, I'm starting the job and, and um, yes, I, and then I'm inviting all the colleagues and, and I was asking, how, how should I do that? And then, I just sensed that I was not understood and and I was asking myself why is that are they not happy that I'm coming or where is the issue and I, so they, they they were very I would say reluctant and not so much answering on my on my request and so on my first working day there was a big introduction party I would say organized for me and, and I was not the one organizing it, but they have organized it. And I was totally surprised because I would have not, you know, um, expected it. And, and I was asking back and, and then I got the first answer that said, hey, Katja, it's not about celebrating yourself. It's about we celebrate you, which is actually also true for all the also it's true when you when you leave. Uh, <laughs> and and this is something where we where I said, OK, it's a it's a different way of perceiving things or, 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 you know, doing things. And it's it's those little tiny bits that, that you have to, that, that you learn, actually. Another thing that I learned is, um, so I don't know, I mean, here in, in our working environment, we are quite open when it comes to age, yes? And, and the question, how old is someone, right? And, and how experienced is someone and celebrating birthdays. And um, so, and I also had to learn that this is a little bit uh, different in, in the US, you, you have to be more sensitive. It might be someone does not at all want uh, to talk about age and, and 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 celebrate birthdays and something like that also something you 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 would not ever i would have you know for me that was totally new and also to learn those little bits i found that super fascinating and interesting and um yeah i'm, I'm grateful for that but now you're in a global role yeah and uh <laughs> how do you take this sort of uh, cultural different uh, experience yeah. as a as a sort of guiding lesson for you moving forward. And uh, interestingly enough, you did mention age. Uh, you d did not mention gender, but mm -hmm. different cultures have different views about age mm -hmm. and and gender. Mm -hmm. um, so, what do you take in in your role moving moving forward? Yeah, I I mean, first of all, what I really enjoyed and what I really really you know what 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 um helped me i think this this and this can do spirit this courage also doing things trying out things um also an approach of of maybe failing fast and and but but better fail fast than and, and learn fast than not um try out at all and this is something I absolutely um, enjoyed to to work in such an environment and, and to work with with such an attitude and approach. And this is something when you asked me about my global role and what I brought back, 
is is really um, to to embrace this attitude because sometimes I mean if, if and I don't want to, to put it in a contrast and say one thing is good, the other is, is bad. But yes, I would say on, on, on here on the German side, sometimes it's more about being more precise, more, more accurate, and also maybe have, have more a, a, a perfectionist approach on things. This sometimes takes longer and um, makes you slower. And this is, for example, one thing I would say I could definitely, um, first of all, I could learn it. I could um really try it out myself and yes would say something that that definitely um i could also in 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 incorporate um in in my ways of of working and thinking um when when coming back yeah now i've got two more questions but we're we're realizing we're really running um fast out of time um one of the things you've you've mentioned as we were getting ready to to start recording was that you've reflected a little bit about the proportions and the of of women's being women being represented in public relations and even more importantly in in leading management uh, so top management positions and you're one of them uh, that's one of the reasons why uh, we're discussing and we're chatting today. Um, and one of the things that you've said is that reflecting on your career journey, you haven't felt that gender had played any role in in your progression. Mm -hmm. um, tell me a little bit more about that. Now, you work for what is um, stereotypically perceived as a very gendered, so male gendered kind of company, right? It produces cars and the profile of cars that is being produced. Um, targets or or you know has in mind project uh, a particular uh, profile of a desirable customer and and user so how do you feel in in this world mm. i mean first of all and and this would be by the way an another section of a podcast because i mean coming back to what you said just at the end i think um um customers uh, on the car on the car side um I, the the female customers are as important as the male customers and i think it's it's uh, sometimes the company really focuses on when it comes about also communicating for sure to to target groups so but that, as i said this is a this i this would fill a, a whole other podcast but yes um i would i was telling you when when i got the invitation for that podcast and i realized that that you really focus also on the role of, of women in pr i was asking myself in how far this ever was a big question or challenge for me being a woman in PR and I found out that up until now this was not so much of a topic now um, and you were reflecting to our industry that might perceived as as still though male driven yeah I, I can tell you I mean um, when I have a look at at our comms team here at Daimler I mean my boss is is Jörg Hove who's heading the global communication for Daimler he his management team the, the let's say the the director's team um, we have four women uh, working on a di on a director level and two men right now so you see here again I think there is 
um, it's, it's, it's quite natural. If I have a look at my own team and at my own leadership team, we are also more or less, I think, half-half uh, um, female-male. So the, the surrounding I'm working in here in PR, I would say it's, 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 it's very balanced. And um, the, I, I was, so, and, and I would say, so for me, the whole way my, my career progressed and, and um, how, how all things came together was the, the, the question whether I'm, I'm a woman or not, a woman or not was, 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 was not a, a big question asked here. I think something that for sure supported the career is that when um, when my husband and uh, myself we 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 became a family and our son you know was born yes we had we are we're asking ourselves how are we gonna manage it and my husband um, he's he's a psychologist and and working uh, in a children's hospital he it was him saying he wants to go part time and I was the one. Um, still um, working full time. This was for sure. So, so I would say maybe looking at it more out of a. Uh, I, I think you, you could say maybe it's here is the role switch. Yes, that that I'm the one working full, he working part time, and this for sure supported uh, myself and also the career. Yes, but again, just the the, the the mere fact that I'm a woman was interesting enough not really a topic within those um, yeah, past years. So to, to wrap this up, if because uh, that's what we usually do um, as well in, in this podcast, if you were to travel somehow in time and meet with your younger self, mm-hmm. um, what advice would you give yourself? That is an interesting question and I have not reflected on that one beforehand. Um, I would, yes, I think I would tell my younger self in really, you know, believing in yourself, staying flexible. I'm, I'm always, you know, I think you can plan a lot of things, but, you know, things then develop differently. I think the, the most important thing is that that you believe in yourself, that you believe in your um, trades, that you um, are are happy with what you are doing, and that you that you stay authentic, you know, in in what you are doing. And um, this is the thing that I, I would also, yeah, I'm, I'm telling this me, and I would also telling this my younger self that just um, like what you are doing, like who you are, be yourself. Um, and and yes, not um, focus too much on a on a very stiff and strict plan because, as I said, sometimes things work out differently. But that doesn't matter because they're going to be good anyways. Excellent. Well, Katya, it's been an utter utter pleasure. Thank you so so very much for joining me today. And thank you, Anna. This was really interesting. And I hope, I, I dearly hope that we will have the possibility to meet in person at a certain point of time. Yes, so do I. Well, thank you, Katya, once more. Thank you, Anna. Communication can be digital. It needs a lot more organization and preparation. And women can succeed in PR, included in industries that are perceived to be very technical. Now, Katya's stories prove just that. 
And there you have it, Series 2, Episode 11, The End, of a very exciting journey throughout the pandemic. A series recorded in extraordinary circumstances with extraordinary people, in home office or empty offices, mostly landlocked, with loads more pressure and definitely more attention to comms in any form. A time when empathy, the need of empathy, was high and long-term strategy was challenged by the unpredictability of the current context. And apart from the attention and the reminder that comms matters, this pandemic has also made communicators and researchers alike think again. Who is comms working for? Why is comms even here? What are the long-term effects of PR? Who are we empowering or disempowering through comms? How is the future of PR looking like? And how do we want it to be like? So we've journeyed long and far from the comfort of my home office to get some answers to these questions. I hope you've enjoyed the journey and you found it thought-provoking. Thank you so much for listening. Women in PR is brought to you by Quadriga University of Applied Sciences in Berlin and professionalpodcast.com. To learn more about the show and my guests, do check out the show notes. If you liked the show, do share it. If you have comments and suggestions, find me on Twitter or LinkedIn. I am Anna Adi. Thank you for listening.